VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that left the oven on all night. Oh, no. In the hopes that the stove would get hot, too. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. (laughs) And sometimes you got to spark things yourself. Uh, Jake, you scared me for a second because I'm staying with you here. And I'm staying with Jake in New York. Uh, You know, on Friday, we recorded the episode uh, in the very fancy SiriusXM studios. But this morning, Monday morning, we're recording this. In your living room, and when you told me that, I was like, "Oh, was the were we? Was I in danger overnight? Well, you left the oven on, but no, it you was were a hot in stove joke. I, I was in danger, but not because of that. It was a hot stove joke. Uh, it is Monday. We are going to do mostly a mailbag today because we still don't have that much news. I really appreciate we spent this weekend watching three very cold Dominican Winter League games. Emphasis on winter." Um, we are going to recap our experience at City Field. We're going to talk about the new Astros manager, Joe Espada. And then we are going to have a nice little segment that we recorded on Friday with Michelle Beadle and Cody Decker. What a what a treat to talk to those two. So we did a little game with them. Sure you're going to hear in the middle of this show. And then after that, we're going to do a mailbag because we've been teasing it for a long time. and We get a lot of great emails. Where can people send us emails, Jake? Baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B cast. One person who won't be sending us any emails, unfortunately, is Joe Espada. Yeah. And that's not because he hates the show. As it's far be- as we know. It's because we don't know him at all. Yeah. We but don't. you know who does know him? Everyone in Houston. <laughs> Joe Espada is your new manager of the Houston Astros. This is a gentleman who's been the bench coach or definitely a part of the staff since 2017. Uh, a a longtime coach who has interviewed for countless managerial positions and has essentially been the guy. You know, we talked when we talked about Carlos Mendoza last week, and we talked about kind of contrasting him with Stephen Vogt, who was playing five minutes ago, and the differences in qualifications between different managers. Being a bench coach is that's that's the gig. You are essentially doing all of the responsibilities of the manager during the game. They are just as involved with those decisions as the manager. You just don't actually hear them talk very much. And in Joe Espada's case, he has been a very, very important person on the Astros bench dating back to 2017. He's interviewed for a bunch of other jobs. And now finally they, they decide. I mean, remember, before they hired Dusty, they were already considering bring, having him be the guy. And they decided that Dusty made more sense at the time. And it, that obviously worked out. But it is very cool to see him get a chance in a different way that we talked about Ron Washington, where it's like, oh, finally he gets back in. Joe Spot is like, can, can I get my first shot finally? And this one makes plenty of sense. This is the job he wanted. Mm-hmm. He's been dressing for the job he wanted, not the job he had. True. Quite literally. He's Quite literally. just like it. Yeah. Just like it. There's no difference sartorially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, he's been running a lot of the show behind the scenes. Dusty's, Dusty was in charge, but a lot of the work under that was courtesy of Joe Espada. And so I think the this hire is notable because it does not signal any sort of transition. Yeah. The Astros are staying the course. Which which I think is exactly what they need. I think again when you contrast to last offseason when at this time they didn't have a GM. 
Um, I feel like they are really looking for some stability for for once because they've had some weird shit going on <laughs> in that franchise recently. But I will say now it is interesting and now that they the way that their season ended and and you know pressure will be on on Joe to kind of get them uh, back back in I, again. At this point, it's it's like if they don't make the ALCS, it's a total failure. So he'll have that pressure going on him, but which isn't. Which is nuts because that is the crazy standard, but that's also the standard that he's been a part of. So he's very familiar with that, and he's not uh, certainly going to be uh, shy away from that at all. So in the same way that I'm looking forward to learning more about Carlos Mendoza, I'm looking forward to learning more about Joe Espada. Here's something I learned on the internet just now. You can learn this too if you click on personal life <laughs> okay. on Joe Espada's Wikipedia page. Yeah, what you got? Espada is married to the sister of Brandon Hyde's wife. Sister of Brandon Hyde's wife. Okay, wow. All right. So Brandon Hyde that? and Joe Espada are married to sisters. That is amazing. Wow. So this will come up during the first Astros-Orioles game next season. Yep. It's, it's, it's almost amazing that it hasn't before now. Yep. Uh, but that's that's big time. Okay. Well, now now I, I assume someone will ask him that. That'll be probably one of the first questions that they ask him. Have to. <laughs> the press conference. I don't know when he's being introduced. I know Carlos Mendoza is being introduced tomorrow. I believe you will be in attendance for that. So I will. If you're a Mets fan and want more Carlos Mendoza takes, you will get those later this week. But congrats to Joe Espana. We now have uh, just two managerial jobs still open. The Padres and the Brewers. The Brewers, of course. Uh, Wait, little What? Bit- yeah, uh, Brewers. Yeah, no, Craig Council not there anymore. Uh, the Padres one that is, it's interesting. It's like who was less prepared to hire a new manager? The Padres who were lying to themselves that everything was okay with Bob Melvin or the Brewers who knew that Craig Council might leave but like still probably didn't expect that. Either way, there's, I'm not surprised that these are the two teams that do not still have a manager. <laughs> that part is, is not the, surprising. The Angels did their homework first. That's you got to look yourself in the mirror. That's true. They were, they were, they've been <laughs> preparing for. for I months. think that the Brewers have a better excuse. Their world was rocked. Yeah, I think everything so. they knew turned out to be a lie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Whereas this the Padres, David Ross, the Padres, the, they were telling themselves the lie. So, uh, yeah, David Ross, and then we also need a new Yankees bench coach. Which there were some reports that they were maybe interested in David Ross for that position. Doesn't sound like he has as much interest well, for that. He would have to shave. Um, that's a good point, right? Yeah. Coaches too. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that's why he's not taking that job, but I do think that he will not take that job. So, but I'm still rooting for David Ross to end up as the Brewers manager. That dream is still alive, Jake. Speaking of dreams, this weekend, this weekend, we got to watch a Dominican winter league game in New York city. Yeah. (laughs) Three of them. in fact. Oh, three of them. We saw every pitch, every out, um, every walk is probably the best way to describe this this uh, this event. Every foul ball. Every foul ball, every, everything. And one glorious home run. Uh, Jake, why don't you set the stage for what this event was, why we were there, and our main takeaways from this wonderful weekend. So the Dominican Winter League is a circuit in the Dominican Republic that runs from the middle of October until the beginning of February. It is four the Dominican people, that is who it is for. There is no country on the planet that loves baseball like them, and they have a league of their own. They have had it for, I believe, almost oh, like over 100 years that these teams have existed down there. It's a big deal. Types of players who play in it, it runs the gamut from good prospects to old washed-up all-stars to Emilio Bonifacio, 
And everything in between. And everything in between. A lot of the guys play in Mexico now over the summer. And it is just a hodgepodge of baseball randomness. And for the very first time in the league's history, they brought the show to the States. They did a three-game exhibition series at City Field over the weekend. The two biggest teams in the league, Tigres de Licey, the Tigers, Aguilas Cibaeñas, the Eagles, they faced off in City Field against one another. The Dominican population in New York City is astronomical, as we saw at the stadium. And that is the first thing to say. This series was marketed very exclusively to Dominican Americans in New York. And like talking to people around the baseball world, gringos, they did not know this was going on. This was not something that was publicized to non-Dominican baseball fans, which is fine. That is totally fine because what this was, was the baseball was secondary in a way. It was like a Dominican reunion celebration. Each game had a concert after it. Yeah, that was the real show. And we didn't get to stick around for those, but uh, that is an important part because in some ways, yes, the baseball was secondary. And yet, the, one of the biggest takeaways, even though these games didn't count in the standings, yeah. so they played three games, and when the season is only 50 games long, at least the regular season, every game, this is one of the best parts about winter ball, is that, again, if, you, if you're ever worried about you know competitive balance or every team, like, no, every game is the most important game they've ever played. They only play so 50 games only play, and so there's like, only six teams. Yeah, and there's only six teams. So, in the top four teams make the postseason. So, because of that, like, the stakes are high from immediately like that is that is one of the that's why you know Aguilas for example fired their manager after 15 games because it wasn't going well like everything is condensed everything is high stakes these games did not count for the Lee Dome standings for this year which makes sense there's a lot of reasons for that but whatever the point is is but if you were in the stands which we you know we spent good amount of time in the press box good amount of time walking around the stadium you wouldn't know that they didn't think that these games matter. Correct. And while, yes, the baseball was technically secondary because, again, it was so much about just the event of having these leagues, these these jerseys performing, these players, these personalities, these people who have meant so much to them, and these teams, these logos that have meant so much to people who have maybe not been in the Dominican for a long time to get to watch them, that was clearly on display. At the same time, they are going just wild for anything for their like and it was mostly Aguilas fans but like the, the degree to which I, I mean I joked it was the loudest city field was all year I mean yeah. not to mention the fact that you have the horns and the drums and just every possible instrument that they usually do not let into city field I believe which was great it was a party from the first pitch and listen these games weren't uh, the most beautiful baseball ever played but it didn't matter to them because they were having a great and it was fucking freezing but it also didn't matter to them it mattered more to the players I'm sure the players yeah. were not enjoying the temperatures but the fans most of which were New York natives they were like hell yeah this is this is the best 30,000 people on average they had 90,000 people total going to the yard across three games that's nuts Nuts. Yeah. It, it was just an amazing atmosphere to watch irrelevant baseball. Mm -hmm. it, the the ball itself was objectively bad. Yeah. It was bad. To be expected. To be expected. Still entertaining. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not crisp. Certainly not crisp. <laughs> not crisp. 
Um, and it was not much about the team, but it's just like the offense. But like they they were very cold, right? They had been playing in eighty five degree weather like three days prior, two days prior. They come down. It's just logistically, you're yeah. not expecting it to be top level performance. Of course, we have a bunch of different pitchers, but there are still moments there where where you 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 saw, and we did get, finally get one home run of the final day, yeah. which was cool. Um, but, but again, like it didn't matter because the crowd made it feel like every little thing, like normally if you're watching it, like it, you need something actually impressive or exciting to happen for the crowd to get into it. Nope. That was not the case here. Like there, any big fly out, any, you know, an extra base hit is the biggest deal in the world. Oh like everything was just, it was so much, the energy was there the whole time. And so it was not, it certainly was not boring, even if the baseball was bad. And just to convey the importance of this, here's who threw out the first pitches and to whom. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Day one, first lady of the Dominican Republic and the vice president of the Dominican Republic were there. One of them threw out the first pitch to David Ortiz, mm-hmm. who stayed for the entire game. And then concert after. And concert. <laughs> Day two. Okay. Also, it's, again, 40 degrees. Out. 40 degrees. <laughs> Adriano Espiat, who is a Dominican-American congressman, mm-hmm. coincidentally, my congressman, mm-hmm. he threw out the first pitch to Nelson Cruz. Perfect. Nelson Cruz, who had just wrapped up his Dominican League <laughs> retirement tour, he played on Wednesday, was in a very expensive outfit, catching the first pitch on Saturday. Day three, mayor of New York, Eric Adams to Jose Reyes. Yes. And Pedro Martinez. And Pedro Martinez. <laughs> so it was... Uh, it it was, was about as big as you could yeah, get it, right? Yeah, like it was, right. I guess we're missing holes, but other than that, I mean, it was pretty pretty strong. Pretty strong pretty strong group. Um, and they were all kind of Hanley was around, Bartolo was around, Starling like, Marte. Yeah, like it, this was this was a big deal, and and then that, that was that was very clear. Uh, but you know, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, there was there was a lot of goofy stuff along the way <laughs> that certainly made things a little bit more complicated. But uh, we can't complain. I'm so glad we got to be a part of it, and I can only I mean. It's not about us. We were lucky we got to be oh, there, yeah. but it could not have been less about us. We were just very fortunate to to get to witness it. Bummer so. it wasn't televised in the States. Hopefully that can get remedied for next year. Yes. Hopefully, and again, hopefully this continues. You know, next year, who knows? City Field, Yankee Stadium, whatever. Bashana Habab at Yankee Stadium. I hope so. I hope so. Because uh, I can only imagine what the scene would be would be there. So anyway, that was our uh, Lidome experience. It was fantastic. And we will continue to promote the league, obviously. Um, yeah, this was not it. Yeah. This was not, yeah, like we, this was, we're inevitably not done uh, with our Dome coverage because the league is still important. They're going to go back home and play games, continue to play games on Tuesday. Yeah. And people have sent, I think we got an email about what team you should pick. Mm-hmm. There's six teams. <laughs> it's it's not, a, yeah. there's a, there's not a lot to choose like on, from. Yeah. And like, again, like I, you know, I've, I've kind of glommed on to Aguilas just because I like the logo. I like kind of the energy. I like the stadium. I like some of their players, but you'll if you watch enough you'll kind of just fall into one of them because it's yeah. not like the overwhelming it's like if you're starting to get a major league team and it's like, it's like no like one of them will stick gonna, out to you you're gonna put a couple games on and then you're gonna be like oh my god jordani valdespin <laughs> i will root for this team yeah. right or you'll be like and i can't predict who that's gonna be for yeah, you so. exactly so uh but we encourage you to watch of course it's all available on lb tv every game including the postseason is on and it's just like such a wonderful thing to just have it, to be able to throw on a game and remember some guys uh, who come up to pinch hit in the sixth inning it's great uh all right we are going to take a quick break and when we return you are going to hear our segment a little game called thumbs up thumbs down that we played with michelle beal and cody decker we'll be right back Hey everyone, producer Chris here with a brand new housekeeping note about our merch. Basically, we have a bunch of new stuff. 
So if you've been looking for a baseball barbercast-themed beanie or bucket hat, or even a t-shirt with one of those cool pockets on the chest, well, you can stop looking and start buying because they are all available right now just in time for winter. Just go to podswag.com baseball and don't leave yourself clothesless this winter. That's P-O-D-S-W-A-G dot com slash baseball. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. I'm Jordan Schusterman. That's Jake Mintz. And we are very lucky to be joined by two special guests who are very familiar with hosting podcasts. But their guest today is Michelle Beadle. It was Cody Decker. Thank you guys for joining us. So good to see you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> First question, when's the last time you threw a baseball as hard as you could? Ooh, that's as a hard as I could? Yes. Ho- or well, not far. as soft I would, weird, as I soft as you could. Yeah. Well, my answer, I, I retired in 2019, so I would say 2013. Okay, <laughs> that's when. So at that point, yeah. it was like I don't need to be throwing that effort anymore. They're like, you're gonna mostly play first base. Like, right. I'm down here now. I'm gold. Then they're like, true. go play right field. I'm like, you sure? And and but we were also saying this is also interesting because you did pitch and you also weren't throwing as hard as you can. Yeah, when you that's pitched. weird. No, no, no. That, that that's actually very true. Yeah. I, my goal was to actually not register on the radar. Right. Gun. And you know, you spend off seasons when you're living out of your car in the early years of your minor league career, as one does. Yes. All yes, the yes, time, yes, yes, yes. as you know, you're the jewel of baseball. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That was uh, you in Bull Durham. Pretty much, pretty much. So uh, when you're doing that, you have to give hitting lessons to you know a bunch of very rich kids in Santa Monica, true. California all offseason. And since you want them leaving the batting cage feeling good about themselves, I got really good at just hitting bats. Oh, yes. okay. Finding barrels yeah, as a pitcher. Four, just 40 miles per hour rainbow yeah. hitting yeah. bats. And yeah. that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you pitch in a professional baseball game. <laughs> and it's really hard to find poor kids in Santa Monica. Country. That's also yeah. a good point. That's yeah. a, who's getting the lessons. Uh, well, how but, far? Can, how fast can you throw it? How, yeah, now. Honestly, now? Like if you had, yeah. If I went all out, I'd probably throw a ball 83 miles per hour. And how much would it hurt? Everything. Oh, yeah. it, would, it would kill me if I did that. Okay, well, well hold on. Back to Michelle. Last time you threw a baseball full. Oh, I probably in my 20s. But okay. if this counts, I did grow tomatoes and I have a green belt behind my house and I would throw them as hard yes. as I could that way. The bad ones. Nice. And that felt like a baseball. I, I went, <laughs> so I went apple picking recently <laughs> And I like I know there's other people around, so you shouldn't be like chucking bad apples as hard as you can. But I can't help it. You can't help like, it. Like you pick it up and you you pull one down. And you think it's good, and then it's like no, and it's just fun to just huck it. Because you're almost you're breaking so many. Like a, I'm throwing it where I'm not supposed to throw it. Yes. B, I get to throw something. Because yes, when do you get to do fine. that now? You're yeah, right. no, I'm I'm in on that. There is space. Yeah. <laughs> Related question, pinata. So mm. that I think for many of us normies, that oh. is our last experience with Sw- swinging a bat, rotating with like, with okay. torque and velocity and swinging a bat. So, Michelle, do you think that you have hit your last pinata? My Ooh. last. Do you no. think you will ever hit another not. pinata? That'd be so depressing. Yes, I definitely will. I had a pinata, two pinatas at a Super Bowl party I threw a few years ago. I'm a big fan of pinatas. Okay. Pro um, pinata. It was funny because this up. is not to yeah. get political, but it was a Tom Brady one and a Trump one. Okay. And the Trump one survived. I, 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 how? How about that? How does that? Awesome. How is that not political? <laughs> well, because they didn't have any other one. It was like, okay, I'm getting these two. But Tom Brady got annihilated. Oh, wow. that one did not make the night. Okay. Yeah, but Trump just inexplicably still. He survived still, years. Yeah. Wow. How, how about, about that? How about that? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, okay. So why why are we here? Why did we uh, invite you guys in the studio and say, hey, it would be great to have them on the show? Uh, we're gonna play a little game. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. We've already again asked you about. Ask you some interesting questions, but this is going to be a, a very simple, you know, yes or no. Do we like it? Do we not? These are mostly baseball adjacent, uh, I think. 
we'll see. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. (laughs) And uh, we we appreciate uh, your insights and your perspectives on the world and baseball uh, as well. And so we're just going to keep it very simple. We're going to ask you, and we are going to verbalize, because we have microphones in front of us, thumbs up, thumbs down. And Jake, uh, why don't you start us off? What's our first one? Eye black. Mm. Okay. Can I get context, though? Like, no. is there a time of day or just in general? <laughs> it's oh, a just... 3 p.m. start. Very uh, common baseball. Okay, so. I'll go thumbs up. If, if it's 8 p.m., k- kick rocks. That, that's okay. tired. So what if it's a 5 p.m. start, sun setting at like 6.30? I'll, I'll give it to you. I will okay. give it to you because especially if you're playing right field, left field, especially if the sun's coming down right there. So, you, you get my thumbs up. Okay. So serious. Does I black work? No. That's the other question. Yeah. Also no. <laughs> All right. So Cody, you get a thumbs up. I black. Uh, Michelle, I don't know if you've experienced wearing it, but even aesthetically, what's what's your? Uh, it's fair. makeup shaming if I say thumbs down. So I'm gonna say thumbs up as All well. Right, so when I was a kid, my mom would give me I black with mascara. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. She would just rub it on my what's face. The difference. Yeah. Yeah. Did could did your teammates could your teammates tell you were wearing mascara and not real eye black? I don't want. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I, again, my uh, playing career was much more limited than definitely you and certainly Cody. So I've never worn it. I've never even thought to wear it, even when I was, you know, 15. So, but do I like it? As, am I glad that it's a part of baseball? Yes. Thumbs up. For me, it's probably thumbs down. I can't imagine ever wanting to wear it. Yeah. So, you didn't wear it at your down. wedding. So, I didn't. whenever you're going to, that's true. If I wasn't going to put it on then, yeah. No. no I hate the lacrosse style face paint eye black that's oh. like but kind of like a one side of the face yep hate it wow yeah. that's art yeah, yeah. Like, like, the, like Braveheart is so, yeah. Yeah. so exactly yeah. that's okay. the thing though that's we've, a thumbs down we've seen like Bryce Harper as a as a younger player would really yes he would spread it but down and he's I don't know if clearly you know moved past that I was gonna say Jordan I don't know if you know this about Bryce Harper he's actually matured over the <laughs> last know. decade I'm just saying that like when you describe that when yeah. I think of it in a baseball context I think of Bryce also, Harper also I agree how how awful that look was for Bryce but here's the thing when you're on the cover of Sports yeah. Illustrated at 16 you can pretty much do whatever yeah, totally. you want no, he no, was no, towing I... the line between eye black and schmutz <laughs> <laughs> all right all right what's next. Uh, moving the mound back. Mm. Moving the mound back. Okay. Way down. Way um, down. Way, 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 way down. Why? You're a yeah, you're a why? hitter. Yeah. I'm a hitter because I don't I'm not sold that it actually will help hitters. In fact, I'll make the argument that it would actually harm hitters based on more movement being added yeah. to the baseball. No thank you. Really? Sixty feet, six inches. Okay. Okay, I, I feel like I just have to defer to you on that one. Yeah. The science that you just spit out sounded <laughs> And by the bad. way, that was very, very shoddy science. I have nothing to back that <laughs> Honestly, up. Honestly, yeah. that's good enough for me. All right. So <laughs> thumbs down, Michelle's anti. Um Am I yeah. I'm now? I'm also I, I'm also anti moving them out. I, I, I'm 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 in favor of money many of the things we've changed about baseball, but mm. I don't think uh, as much as the, as the pitching they're throwing really hard. It's really scary. It's hard, but <laughs> right? No, it's hard. I'm sorry, I don't want to speak. Oh no, 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 you're right. You're yeah, getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Again, t- correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Looks like really fast. It is. But if if the guy who's th- yeah the movement, shiny science aside, I don't think moving it back that much is going to do anything. Is going to help, and it's going to make everything feel stupid. So down, thumbs down, thumbs down for me right. too. Uh, vest jerseys. Ooh. You see this. In uh, the minor leagues a lot. You see this in college a lot. I think in the big leagues, the only team that regularly wears the vest still is the Rockies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is indicative of a lot of things with the Rockies. <sighs> yeah. They think yep. it's 2005 still. Mm-hmm. Uh, vest jerseys as an aesthetic. Uh, 
astoundingly down. Really? And you gave me the reason. The Colorado Rockies <laughs> are the ones that wear them. The worst uniforms in baseball. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't stand it. Also, change the colors from purple, please. No. Oh, no. 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 Move on. Whoa. What's Move wrong on. with you? Move on. It's all I'm saying. Purple's a very flattering, almost universally flattering I color. Agree. I agree. Yeah. I didn't say yeah. I don't like it. It's the, the only purple. thing they have going for them, I would say. <laughs> oh, and that. Oh, and, aim but, big. Yeah. Come I, on. Okay. Ballpark's great, too. So, anyway. It is really just to, just to push back, you remember those throwbacks the Reds were a couple years ago that were vests and yes. Joey Votto oh. went no, no undershirt? No undershirt and, and sleeveless. Dietrich. There, there we, we go. The... If, you, if you require no undershirt, okay. then I'm okay with the vest. So we, we I, I don't hate the vest. I'm I'm thumbs up on the vest. Okay, I also think up. from the world of NBA where you have a thousand jerseys per season, I like yeah. the idea of like let's switch it up a little bit. Let's give you some variety. That. Are those vests? No, but they're <laughs> in the NBA. Well, I mean, you could argue. <laughs> yeah. They're vest adjacent. Mm, they have they yeah. Technically. They're closer to vests than baseball and, yeah. than no, most normal baseball jerseys are. <laughs> Remember what what happened? We had that uh, hot second in the NBA where they were wearing sleeves. Yeah. And then we pretended like it never happened. I know. I didn't love that. It was very. It was like a t-shirt kind of thing. Yeah, Although I, some guys still just they have add the, their own, sleeves yeah. under. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. The steroid era. <laughs> Not steroids, which we know are a thumbs up. Yeah. Freaking no, no, awesome. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. yeah. No. No. My disputing per- everyone's that. personal favorite. Yeah. Get on. <laughs> yeah. Get on that cycle. Yeah. But the era. The era. Come on, who we, what are we talking about? Yeah. What are we talking about here, man? <laughs> yeah. 1998 was my jam. You're talking yeah. about Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Yeah. Uh, even Greg time. Vaughn was in that race for a short. Thank See? you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I do have a hard cutoff line on that, my thoughts on that on okay. 2003. After 2003, no, no excuses. No excuses whatsoever. Era. Agreed. Before 2003, they all did it. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Treat me like an orange. Juice them <laughs> <him> up. <laughs> all right, so thumbs up. All my yeah. thumbs up. I, right. When's the last time baseball of all the sports was Dominating. the thing we were all talking about that no matter office school what have you that was it that was it did you see what happened right. last night and you would run home to see if they'd done it again right. yeah no steroids yeah. yes yes to steroids so, yeah <laughs> steroid era. No, i said the arrows do we bring them back no i mean medically supervised i feel like steroids you know how I feel. The, while while we're going way off track here the, the idea that we've always had when we've talked about this is one guy per team you get like an exemption. Yeah. Oh, it's I like love you that. know, it's like the franchise tag in football. It's like this guy every year, and you can change every year. In fact, maybe you do a situation where it's like you you can only get it one 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 time, right? You only get to for thing with the franchise tag, right? You only get it once 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 a year. What if your guy, your steroid guy, gets traded to another team who already has a steroid? Why guy? would you trade away your steroid? I don't guy? know. <laughs> Could be some because kind of maybe problem. he's struggling. Yeah. Maybe okay. he gets hurt. You know, yeah. like everybody in the no, steroid no, no, era. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Wait, wait. Hold on. You're saying it, it wasn't good for them? <laughs> Apparently, I don't know if you heard of oblique injuries. They do happen in normal life, yeah. but man, there was an epidemic in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so that's a good question. That's a good point. I love that. Just something to think about. So you're saying there are some flaws. No, I, I mean, we'll just have to have the, in writing, we have to figure oh, okay, that out. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we could flesh that out. It'd be hilarious if you just yeah. go down the line at the uh, oh the national anthem. It's just one gigantic <laughs> guy as we I keep going. It. I would be interested if, if would would we have more teams using it on pitchers or hitters? I'd be interested pitchers. in that too. You pitchers. Think pitchers. They would definitely yeah. use it for pitchers. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. If it's if you just have one. You just got one. Okay. You, everyone throws 100 <laughs> already. You're throwing 115. Well, well, well you're oh, no, thinking about the velo. You're using it for an old dude who's going to, like, what? you're thinking about Roger Clemens. It's like, I'm, oh, you're you're winning a Cy Young at 45. Well, either the older guy, or it's like, great, now we got you three days rest all season long. <laughs> like, we're just bringing you back, throwing 300 innings again. I'm not going to lie. That's very I interesting. I don't hate yeah. this Anyway. Put it in the CBA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, two more. Write it down. Slapping the ass of an opponent <laughs> on oh. the field 
in a friendly manner. You are the first baseman. Mm. Guy walks. <laughs> you don't know them You've personally. Been, I mean, I can't say no. Baseman. I can't put my thumb down because yeah. I, say yes. I, the amount of times I have done this <laughs> is staggering. And okay. I don't even know I'm doing it. I, I think it's just involuntary. What? In don't look at me. Life. Like, in, in your life. In my life. In your life. I have never you, touched a stranger. You just yet. don't get it. <laughs> no, I just don't do it. Well, that. you I haven't French. welcomed someone to first base after <laughs> well, a walk. Exactly. You weren't no. impressed with that five pitch walk that guy just got. You're like, damn. <laughs> Now, really now, let, me, let, me, let me slap it in that ass. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, Wait, you're, like, what, you're like an Indianapolis. It's the only way. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to say? Nice job? No, God forbid. No. You're okay. good at your job. Now, let me let me slap that ass. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Okay, but so thumbs you up for would, you. You thumbs would up. do it to a player whom you'd never met. Uh, if I did that, it might be more on the hip. Oh. What is, how is, that? how touching? <laughs> Maybe no. with the glove. Okay. okay. But, if I, but if I know him, we're embracing. Clear thumbs down. Yeah, I'm afraid to ask what happens if you know him. If this embrace? is what you do to a stranger, you touch them unnecessarily. Oh, if you know them, you're grabbing cheeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we exchange Lord. information. We're getting, getting real, a too long. <laughs> real intimate. Uh, last one. Meeting your heroes. Oh. Meeting your heroes. Michelle, who is yeah, the first, first person you would describe as a hero that you met? I mean, hero's tough because I just genuinely think humans are garbage. But if right. they weren't, uh, part of why David Robinson, question. I guess, as a kid. I bet oh. David, and, and it was... Lovely, okay. but that being said, you really looked up to him. I do. <laughs> you do you have? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say, as a general rule, however, now that I'm mature and, oh. and wise, th thumbs down. Actually, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thumbs oh. down. Yeah. I've had too many bad experiences. Too Been let many. down by too many people. I really looked up. Sounds to. like you have too many heroes. That's the that real might be yeah, an issue that, too. And that, <laughs> now I've learned to be cynical, and that life is worthless. Yeah, mm. yeah. Great, great That's spot a good to one. end on. You're welcome. I, I would say I think not that I've had like, that many experiences. Like I think thumbs up, but Ooh. I am I am okay with thumbs down. I Wait, understand have you met thumbs one down. And it was... Heroes tough. I did meet my favorite player that, this better. summer, oh, and it was a positive. It was experience a with Felix with Hernandez. Felix Hernandez. Andes, my favorite pitcher, okay. uh, and it was a positive experience. And I think I didn't push my luck. I didn't tell him he was my favorite player. <gasps> you didn't make it weird. That's and that yeah. was, I think, a key. I'm not saying you shouldn't, yeah. but like that's sometimes the risk because it's like that's probably what they hear all the time. That's so I, I have, I because me, it's like been 50 50. They've either been ah, not a great experience, and the other's been like phenomenal. Yeah. And I'll give you a phenomenal one, yes. and you guys will very much appreciate it. Sean Green. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I cannot stress enough my my a, a great as a Jewish baseball player yes. meeting my favorite Jewish baseball player the guy. for the first time, but he was my teammate. That was the weird thing. Okay. Because I grew up in right. LA. Did you say all this to him? That's the not in the first sentence, but <laughs> okay. it probably it a paragraph later. It, it probably by inning three. Yeah. Oh. See, yeah. I'm, and I'm, he was awesome. I'm That's very great. I'm very jealous because I never got to meet Hank Greenberg. He was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Player. That's too bad. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm so I can get you a time machine. But Sean, I mean, and, and Sean Green, we could maybe still make that happen. Yeah, that could something. still happen. Yeah. Uh, Cody, Michelle, this was amazing. Thank you guys so much. I want to do more. The this opportunity to meet our heroes. <laughs> We've done it. Right that there. That was why we asked right him. A thumbs down on meeting Michelle Beadle after watching Sports Nation all the time. Thumbs down. This is a horrible experience. So don't, if you have the opportunity, don't do it. Don't, don't do recommend it. it. But thank you guys both for joining us. And uh, we really appreciate it. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast, Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman. With all due respect to Cody Decker, mm -hmm. getting to meet Michelle Beadle was very, <laughs> very cool. Yes, we have. Uh, we I guess we don't think we met Cody in person, but we've, we've done stuff with Cody before. Uh, very enjoyable baseball personality. But Michelle Beadle, I mean, she's a just like a sports media 
OG for our generation. Anyway, anyway, I didn't want to make uh, her feel old by saying we grew up <coughs> watching yeah, her. But no, but I mean, sad. she's she's very, very, very cool. So that was a great uh, opportunity. We hope you guys enjoyed that segment. But now we turn it back over to you fine folks who mm. can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Again, so many emails that we got during the postseason. We wanted to keep the focus on the games. But and, now we have way more time to get into the goofiness. And today, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to take an Adderall, which I am prescribed. Ooh. Sit down at the coffee shop Ooh. and respond Ooh, to a wow. lot of your kind emails. Yes. All What's the support. The minimum in, an, in a kind email response, do you think? For, for, for I, it's, it's, it's probably more about what's the kindness minimum. Because if you can communicate and reciprocate the level of kindness, it's not necessarily about the words. But I, you got to do more than thanks, Jake. <laughs> got it. But that's fine. <clears throat> we'll talk about that after. Anyway, <laughs> here are our emails. Vince? We we begin with Vince. Again, uh, we are. There's a lot of these that we're going to hopefully respond to off the pod, but um, they're all like good. Jake is describing. These these all make us smile, but we try to select for the ones that we will make the best podcast content. However, this one just made us laugh, so we want to read it. Vince, hi, hi, hey Vince. <clears throat> I'd seen your show's Twitter handle occasionally over the last year or two, but I assumed you were a catering company that baseball teams liked. <laughs> After I saw a clip of a lady on TV calling one of the hosts a jack-off, I figured it was a podcast and wanted to give it a shot during a run. It was really good. Oh, thanks, Vince. Thanks. Jack-off. Uh, my guess, favorite, you know, all PR is good PR. My favorite thing about the show is how I haven't heard any gambling terminology or gambling ads or the phrase super boost. It's also nice to hear people doing great breakdowns of very fun, fun playoff games. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Yeah. No super boost here. Don't you worry. Well. Well, you can maybe Quickly. I, I mean, I guess it's <laughs> worth noting. Our relationship with with gambling, the, the entire it's, sports media industry has been taken over by. Yeah, that's not changing anytime that's soon. That's not changing anytime soon. We have avoided it. In part because we're not particularly, we're not big gamblers. That's not us. So it's that's not an accident. However, just so you <laughs> we probably know. Probably would have pursued it more if it was something we cared if about. If we cared more about, we would pursue it more. However, if insert sports book here mm-hmm. emails us and says, here's. If they email us at baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. Here's an enormous glob of money. Well, Vince, we'll have to have a conversation because, it's, you know. Uh, I got a wedding to have. I got to have a wedding, and <laughs> I have my own mouth to feed. Also, yeah, I mean, it's the offseason. You know, money talks. Anyway. Thanks, uh, Vince. We- <laughs> Thank you, Vince. We move on to our next email. Super boost. From Daniel. This is great. I love this one. Something we've talked about before, but not on the podcast. Daniel says, hey, guys. I haven't heard this one in a while, but oftentimes there's a puff piece written about a player, and someone gets quoted saying something like, this guy is a great player, but he's an even better person. And like, can you imagine, can you agree that the, that cliche can't possibly be true? If you're in a 40-man roster, you're probably... <laughs> you okay? Sorry. If you're in a 40-man roster, you're probably one of the best 1,500 players in the world, considering some guys aren't on the 40-man roster or playing high-level overseas ball or for the bananas. But to be a top 1,500 person out of what? 6.5 billion adults? If that's the case... You'd better have taken some kind of vow of poverty and be lifting people up to a ridiculous degree. I don't know, man. I guess it's more of a comment than a question, but it does feel vaguely like a thing you might both react to. Correct, Daniel. Um, I like that he's like, uh, <laughs> I love that what is being one of a top 15 person in the world, taking a vow of poverty. That's funny. Lifting people up 
to a ridiculous degree. Yeah, I mean, this is a great point. I, I think about this all the time. I don't know why we're so desperate to make this point over and over. Like, I don't want, like, you can just say me he's a great person. Or he's There's a good dude. There's just no shot he's a better person than a player. Because if that's the case, you probably shouldn't be playing baseball. That would be my other takeaway. If you were a top 1,500 person in the world, first of all, statistically, it seems unlikely you would also be that good at baseball. So or, that's, that's also why, as his point is. Or American. Or that's another good point, right? For the record. Uh, but also, like, it's just, it is a, it is an absurd claim. And like, but it's, it's such a good line. Like, it clearly just, like, rolls off the tongue so well for people to talk about uh, their play. But I think it's even funnier because, again, we, we hear it when we are always talking about, like, no one is saying this about the... Like Bryce Harper. The, no, no, they are saying about Bryce Harper. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're only saying about, like, the best, 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 best players. Whereas, like, you don't see it about, like, the, like the Drew Maggies or, like, the bench guys. No one's like, he's an amazing player, but he's actually even better. Because, like, in that case, well, it's, it's more believable. You're saying, like, Cliff Pennington, he's a decent <laughs> player, but he's an even better guy. It's like, well, I hope so. I would like this. Here, here, Here's a good line. We're talking about, like, you know, uh, Chad Pinder when he was still good. Chad Pinder. He's a really average player, an even more average person. He's fine. <laughs> he's just like totally okay. That guy can't hit, and he's an even worse dude. <laughs> right. That, you think that guy sucks at baseball. Well, wow. I tell you, he's also a huge dickhead. You've never gotten a beer with his bum ass. I love so, it. Uh, Aranola, Aranola, great pitcher. Even better chef. Even Oh. Even better chef. That's, that's great. Good. But, but again, though, then we're talking as the top 1500 chef. Like, no shot. Great third baseman, even better husband. That I feel like we've we've seen. He loves that, his that family, right? He loves yeah. his country. <laughs> so I I do agree. I do think that there's actually even funnier variations of this. But the point is, Daniel, great point. I totally here's, agree. Here's my take. Yeah. Here's my take. If we're doing the best person in the world, right? It's got to be a percentage of the number of people versus the number of baseball players versus the percentage of like the people who've ever played baseball. You know what I'm oh, saying? okay. So you're so adjusting I, it a little bit. I get bit. the point, but and yeah. then but because your your point is basically everyone is eligible to be a good a, a person. great person or a top person or an even better person. A top Whereas 10 person. it's not fair, you know, to judge people, you know, in Burundi that haven't don't know that baseball exactly. exists, which they brings, haven't had the opportunity. Sure, that's that brings true. me to my next point. Yeah, of the top 1,500 people in the world, none of them have ever played baseball. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's I or I feel pretty good about that. Top fifteen hundred active, active living, <laughs> active top fifteen hundred active player. That's an important distinction. Sometimes when we do like our big lists, comparing like is it active players? Is it living players? Is right. it you know? Are we including players that haven't played? That are we including Mother people? Teresa? Mother <laughs> Teresa not active, right? But you can't not have a li- okay. Anyway, all right. Great email, Daniel. We we really appreciate it. We move on to our next. This is a good podcast, but from, we're even better people. <laughs> you guys are great podcasters, even better people. This one comes from Connor. Great email. Hi, Jake and Jordan. Love the pod. Love this year's live event in Baltimore. Oh, thank you, Connor. That was fun. That feels like 50 years ago. I hope you guys will keep doing that sort of thing in the coming years. Same, bro. We should do it at the Battery, I think, in Atlanta this next year. Yeah, they, they love you what down you there. Uh, I'm <laughs> reaching out with both a question and a suggestion. We're, we're going to say, actually, your suggestion is funny. I'll start with the question. What do you think is the most aesthetically pleasing final out of a World Series? 
I think ideal seems like it'd be along the lines of an outfield assist to throw out the potential tying run at the plate, but I'm more interested in where you stand on a strikeout versus a force tag out versus a fly ball. Great question. So this year we had, uh, what did we have? What was the final out? We had a strikeout. We had a strikeout looking. We had a strikeout looking. Let's talk about strikeout looking versus strikeout swinging. Strikeout looking to end a World Series. Way better than strikeout swinging. I think it's way better than strikeout swinging. I agree. And it immediately makes you think about Miguel Cabrera, Sergio Romo, yep. 2012. Yep. Yep. So that's an easy one. Uh, but so I, I think strikeouts are good. Right? So like dramatic. The- well, the, what he's describing is something that like I've t- like walk off defense is... Yep oftentimes better than walk-off offense. But there's a difference between aesthetically pleasing and dramatic. Yeah, because I would say that the outfield, that's almost like too chaotic ah! for, a final, for a final out because then here's the other thing that you're describing. What's the what's the biggest risk? What's like our biggest nightmare for, for this situation? Replay. Is replay for the final out of the World Series, right? Not that we are anti-replay, but like... That would suck, right? We don't want that. We don't want that to be the final out. So that's like I proposing like to someone, and they're like, "Let me think about it." <laughs> in that, and sense, they wait five minutes. Yes, that, let's get married. In that sense, we want something more definitive. By the way, it also makes me think again. Like when I think about strikeout looking, what if we then have the challenge system in the future and it gets a challenge? We do it. It's like, oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We think it's it was actually ball ball three, not strike three. So I think that strikeouts looking are. are very tough to top. I mean, what about the boring ones? Like, I think flyouts are great because there's the you know it's they're gonna catch it, and you kind of have that like six seconds of like, wow. and and watching the fielder being under it is is great too. You can kind of watch them realize they're about to catch the last out. Um, so that's I a would, good one. Here, here are some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Catcher foul pop would be great because you have the entire team running towards the same place Mm -hmm. that's very aesthetically pleasing ball behind home catcher catches it everyone's coming to the plate Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. i'm sure would be very interesting and then the other one for me is double play grounder to third turn two to end it i like the large crescendo of Mm -hmm. a double play of right right assuming it's definitive again we can't have it too too close but i totally agree with that yeah what's the worst What's the worst? Besides replay, like uh, uh, automatic. Ooh, strike. here's one. Here's one. Chopper down the first baseline. Uh, <laughs> the guy has to run, and it's like kind of this awkward. Like he tags the first baseman, oh, the tags pitcher, the runner, or the, or the pitcher like picks it up and tags the runner. Because then it's like the pitcher celebrating in the guy's the face. The pitcher is holding the ball. You might <laughs> right the 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 you might like overwhelm the the runner like yeah i don't know i i don't want it to also happen too quickly here's the other thing here's the worst a double play where it's like a runner slide rule call exactly yeah it's it's something along the lines that that doesn't involve like an umpire call replay thing it's probably something that's pretty quick or like Actually, that'd be kind of funny. Like a comebacker, like off the ankle that like pops up and the pitcher like doesn't know where it is, but then he finds it in or he's time. Hurt. Yeah. Oh, also <laughs> line drive, line drive, fractures the pitcher's kneecap. Yeah, yeah. Ball that would, flies in the then air. They, then, then they, uh, then they jump on they it, ju- fracture the other kneecap. Yeah, that'd be bad. I will say, like strikeout, like. I, I assume we've had a drop third strike to finish the world. Drop I mean, third strike where yeah. the guy doesn't run. Right. Where the guy doesn't run is, that'd be tough. 
So anyway, there's also a great um, there's a great like baseball almanac page that has every final out of the World Series, which I have looked at many times. Very cool stuff. Uh, anyway, Connor, thank you. Uh, Connor also wants to have Ernie Clements on the pod, which I support that. Ernie's very funny. So maybe we'll make that happen, Connor. Uh, our next question is from Theo. Go ahead, go ahead, Jake. This one's from Theo. The subject line is question. Hi, Jake and Jordan. My name is Theo. I'm 11 years old and I live in St. Louis, Missouri. I love your podcast. 11. Amazing. Now, when we were... They said we, they said we couldn't attract Gen Z. <laughs> Uh, let's see, 2000, we were 11 in 2006, were podcasts, I don't think podcasts, that's actually probably a podcast, I certainly didn't know what a podcast was when I was 11. Oh, so yeah, no not. chance. My dad, brother, and I listen to a new episode every time we're in the car. My question is, who do you think will be better in 2024, the D-backs or the Rangers? Also, who do you think will be better out of all the teams in the postseason from your biggest fan, Theo? First of all, Theo, thank you for listening. This email feels like my mom sent it in, so that will curse less. Which uh, great ploy? Mom. Well, it sounds like again Theo's dad and brother. So like, nicely done. I I appreciate it. First of all, really cool that Thank someone you. is listening. That you and then by the way, a great question. Now, is St. Louis underrated town. Absolutely, I'm not surprised that I don't know. I'm curious if this is a Cardinals fan, but maybe not. Let's I know. like that. This is good because if you are Theo, like if you grew up a Cardinals fan and you're like curious about the D-backs and Rangers, that makes sense as to why you're listening to our podcast. Anyway. Uh, D-backs Rangers for next year. I mean, Rangers are easy pick, obviously. I, I actually think the think, Diamondbacks don't make the playoffs next year. Okay, so that's that's not that, you know, I'm more optimistic about Arizona, but it's fair. What about the, how about the rest of the teams? Like, who are we feeling the best about? Like, Here. is it is this still the Braves? Is it still the Phillies? Uh, the Braves are the best team yeah. In, again. Yeah. The yeah. Braves are the best baseball team in the regular season, yeah. at least for now. Yeah. Uh, the Braves will be good. The Phillies will be pretty good again. I'm a little worried about them just because I think the Mets are going to be better. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to speed run this. Mm-hmm. The Marlins are going to be bad. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are going to be the same. Mm-hmm. I don't have unless they get Otani, and we can talk about that when that happens. That's the National League. Uh, the Brewers are not going to be good. We know. Yeah, that. the Brewers like Brewers versus Marlins for next Win total. season is an interesting. I'll take the discussion. Marlins. Marlins. Yeah, Give me the Marlins. I think I might too. Um, you know, Minnesota, Tampa. Oh yeah, Toronto. so AL. Uh, I think the Orioles are going to be good, worse than they were last year. They're not going to win 100 games again. I think they'll get a wild card. Blue Jays, I'm worried about. I have to say, oh interesting. Blue Jays, I'm worried about. Mariners, I'm not. Hmm. Astros, oh, I'm not worried. Oh, did the Mariners make the playoffs? Well, Mariners, oh wait, no, they Mariners didn't make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. they didn't make it. Yeah. One, the same number of playoff games as the Orioles, though. Anyway, uh, thank you, Theo. <laughs> thank you, Theo. Uh, um, we appreciate you listening. Also, that is very cool. Congrats on being eleven. Don't don't wait. Enjoy it. it. Okay, eleven is is pretty pretty low stakes. Go outside. It's freaking awesome. Play Listen to cat. our podcast outside. You can put your headphones in <laughs> while you're throwing a ball around. All right, we have two more emails. This first hey, one. and Theo, if you want to be the bad boy mm-hmm. over at my <laughs> alma mater, <laughs> Kelly Field. If you want to be the bad boy at Wash U where I went to college, send me another email. Maybe we can hook Theo up. Uh, I mean, I can't speak to that. You can't. All right. Our next email is from Cole. This is a topic, this is something we want to talk about recently. So Cole has teed it up quite nicely. Thank you, Cole. Uh, Cole says, hey, Jake and Jordan. Hey, Cole. First off, thank you for all the work you guys did through the entire season. 
In the same way that watching my favorite team becomes part of my daily schedule, listening to and reading your guys' work. Huge part of my week. I appreciate all the time and effort you put into it. Cole, you are very nice. Thank you. The reason we do that is because we have to, because that's how we make a living. But thank you, Cole. And we want to, and we enjoy it. We do for you. So we, I'm glad you enjoy it too. Cole continues. After the World Series, Jeff Passan tweeted out Josh Hader's free agent hype video. Guess I've only been following baseball since 2020 or so. Maybe I'm just unaware. What's going on here? Great question. Who are these four? One would presume, by the way, before we, I continue. Yes. If you have not seen this, Jeff Passan tweeted out a two-minute video that is Trevor Hoffman narrating Josh Hader, explaining that Josh Hader is really good at With- pitching. Closing games. of other closers. With clips of other closers basically being like, Josh Hader is the closer. He's the next great closer, whatever. You should go watch it. It's very interesting. Okay. But as Cole asks, who is this for? One would presume they're for owners and GMs, but like who's being convinced by these? I like Trevor Hoffman as much as the next guy, but if a Trevor Hoffman voiceover can change your mind about employing somebody for millions of dollars, that doesn't seem like a wise GM. Do all agencies make videos like this? Is there a process in free agency that I'm just missing or are these videos being made just because they're sick as hell? Here's the answer. You said one would presume these are for owners and GMs. Those are two very different groups of people. These videos are not convincing 90% of people with juice, 95%. But there is a small chance that one owner sees this video and is like, that's sick. I want this. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. I pay the salary. They call the GM and say, go get Josh Hader. That is a thing. Or they call Josh Hader's agent and say, I want Josh Hader. I want Hader. Josh Hader. Go above <laughs> the GM. Because this stuff happens all the time. Yes. All the time. It is the number one skill in being a GM is convincing the owner to spend money. And the number one skill about being an agent is going over a general manager's head and convincing an owner that the player you represent is worth a large sum of money. Right. Now, I will say, Cole asking, like, is this a new thing, whatever. Like, this is an extreme example. And I will say that, in this case, CAA, and this is the same, my understanding is the same agency that prepared the Trey Turner hype reel uh, last year. Which John Hamm voiced over and worked. Right. He didn't go to the Cardinals, which John Hamm probably wanted. But still, it (laughs) it sure worked, right? John Middleton... Probably watched that and was like, damn. John Middleton loves break, uh, not Breaking Bad, sorry. Loves Mad Men. (laughs) Loves Mad Men, right. So again, like that's a very real thing and he's in charge. He gets to write the checks. But like there are versions of this that are less public. And obviously if you go through to to make something like this, like, and if you're at CA, you're like, oh, well, this is sick. Like we made this for our client. Like, hell yeah, pass and go tweet it out. And like, this is, if I'm, you know, there's all kinds of stuff where agents and reporters and that relationship, whatever. But in this case, if I'm Jeff Passa and they send me this video, I'd tweet it too. Because it's like, <laughs> this is entertaining and whatever. I want to share it. Um, but generally, Jake is right. It is for the owners. And also like, but but also like, that is the job of the agent is, is to make the client look great. That's not complicated. It's for the owners. Number yeah. one, it's for the player. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. That's an interesting one because... I think generally the players know when they're with their agencies what they kind of signed up for, what they're asking for. I remember talking about this with the Trey Turner thing where it didn't seem like that was something that Trey Turner would like request. Well, um, it's, it's more of the agency saying, we are we care about you. For you. Totally, totally. And I think that's totally legitimate. So that part is, is important too. Now, however, there is no GM hmm. on the planet. Eh, maybe. 
There no, are probably I, I no say, there are yeah. very, very, very few GMs who yeah. are seeing this video and are changing their yeah. process in regards to Josh Hader. I agree with yes. That 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 I totally agree with. I do think that in this case, especially when you compare it to the Turner one, like especially for GMs and people who are like paying relievers is again like the scariest thing you can do. So but there are definitely GMs that probably value a ninth inning guy more than others. Like that, I do believe. The right? Atlanta Braves. Uh, and so that is a thing that is can make a difference. And so if you're being reminded that like, oh, wow, like this guy would make my ninth inning less stressful. Now, is that actually true? Because closers, who knows what you're going to get from a year-to-year basis. But yeah, if you're going to, if Josh Hader is the one that you would sort of expect, you know what you're getting. And so in that case, yeah, I think it can still impact it. But generally the over-the-top voiceover and all the dramatic slow-mo and all that stuff, that is not for it is it is for the owners and it is also for again it's just like now we're all thinking about josh Hader more great which is like that's also part of the job of the agent in the offseason is to keep your client kind of front and center and Good for business. and especially again when you talk about trade turner last offseason related to all the other shortstops like that was a way to stand out um and so that's how they do it cole has one more thing mm-hmm. a while ago you guys asked the audience who we think is the pobo the president of oh, baseball wow. operations yeah. among the two of us and I have to come out and say that Jake feels like the Pobo and Jordan feels like the GM, not because of any ranking or quality, but because Jake makes the silly jokes at the opening. If you were to give Jordan the intro, it would be like if Justin <laughs> Hollander made the opening statement at a presser, nothing crazy, just a little unusual. Interesting point. I, well, I, not that I did want to read this, but like, again, we had so many emails about the Pobo, who's Pobo, who's GM. We and like, whole, I, I so. kind of want to do a whole thing. So that's a little teaser uh, for Cole. And I think he makes good points. So I'm not disagreeing, but I think the Pobo chat, we should still do think, a lo- longer one. I also think there's an argument you want to be the GM, but uh, well, not you, but like one wants to be. The well, GM. again, it's, it's what is the. There are so many layers of the of the Pope, especially when you're applying it to uh, friends and podcasters. Um, all right. Our last email is from Jack. This is not even a question. Hey, all. Now that the World Series is over, I wanted to draw your attention to the biggest piece of news to come out of this season. Fuck Shohei. Fuck the Whoa. Rangers. Fuck Arson Judge. Whoa. Cabrian Hayes has finished a season with an above average WRC+. No need to check how above average. Just take my word for it. Love the show. Go Collingwood Magpies. That's for you, Chris. Uh, Brian Hayes finished the season. <laughs> Chris, producer Chris does not like that. Uh, Ryan Hayes finished with a 101 WRC+. Plus. But hey, he's right. And guess what? He also finally got his first gold glove. First of many. And I still believe in Cabrian Hayes. And uh, you should be hype about that, Jack. You're right. That is the biggest news. Cabrian Hayes, above average hitter. Shohei Otani, above average hitter. Both above the average. I spot the lie. You can't. can't. Um, all right. I think we'll, <clears throat> we'll we'll cut it off here again. You I have one thought. Oh, one more. Yeah. So the other day I was in the shower where my best ideas come from. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, I, I had an idea about baseball. And I want to know your thoughts about it. Okay. I'm ready. What if everything was the same about the sport except the pitcher's mound was like near the dugout and the ball was thrown at the hitter from like the hitter is uh, I'm trying to think about so how So you think it's like so like side toss or like soft side toss, toss but full, full speed um, from 90 feet away and instead of the ball coming at a hitter who is standing kind of 
parallel, it's perpendicular. So the like ball is coming at your chest. Right. And you have to make contact with it before it hits you. But where are you trying to hit it? To... Like, is it still, is all the fair, fair and foul territory still the same? So if I'm a right, uh, I'm a lefty hitter. I'm in the batter's box. I'm in the same spot. The pitcher is like where the third base dugout would be, mm-hmm. pegging the baseball from foul territory at my guts. Yeah, how, but you have to be farther than 60 feet, right? I, I don't know, but maybe, maybe not. And I, if it hits you, you're out. <laughs> oh, if it hits you, you're out. I mean, I would say the first thing that I think of is cricket, because even mm-hmm. though in cricket, it is sort of looks like the same, you know, angling of your feet and how you're there is often times when you're hitting it. And and the reason I bring that up is that the bat, I feel like, is more equipped to deflect the ball in directions that are helpful. Whereas in this scenario, the way that a baseball bat is currently constructed and shaped, it would not help you in protecting yourself. So I think the first job for this baseball version of horribly dangerous version of baseball would be you'd have to change the way that bats work and okay. look because you'd need to give them more way more protection. And that's the other thing. The protection, we think of, think about now, you have your lead arm guard. Now we need, you're basically wearing catcher's gear. Where's the catcher? There is no catcher. No catcher. Okay. Sounds like a horrible sport. So. All right. But thank you for not one of your best shower ideas. That's for sure. Damn. Um, you can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. Uh, so many great ones. Again, we're going to try to get back to some of those. If we're not going to read them on the podcast, we do appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so we'll keep those mailbacks coming as the off season rolls on. But for now, we're going to end this show. Uh, last thing before we say goodbye, it is awards week. Whoa. We are going to have uh, the rookie of the year will be announced tonight. I will say now for the first time, because it is close enough to it. I voted for the National League Rookie of the Year and wrote about it. I am not going to say any more than that, but you can read about my Rookie of the Year vote. Um, Not that it's the first couple spots that's surprising, but still, uh, I enjoyed uh, looking at it. It's a really fun rookie class. I'm going to reveal this. Yeah. Jordan won't say this himself Yeah, because he's too humble. (laughs) Humble, yeah. But he put Corbin Carroll first. Whoa, easy there, partner. Uh, So I will say... The one thing, again, we'll get, we'll talk Cy Young and MVP, whatever. Most of them we kind of are expecting. The one cool thing about Rookie of the Year, uh, this is from David Adler, uh, wrote a good story on MLB.com today. So we're expecting Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson to win tonight, right? Seems very likely. It would be just the second time in 20 years of MLB pipeline rankings that the top two prospects at the start of the season won both Rookies of the Year joining Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. in 2018. Now, that was a little bit of a different situation, but still, this is a rare thing for them to both go wire to wire winning this award is very impressive and very cool and uh, and is not is not normal. So I would say it's very impressive and uh, should make us appreciate both of them as players for now and in the future. But we will talk more about those awards because we'll get Rookie of the Year uh, tonight. We will get we definitely are not going to care about manager of the year, but that'll be on Tuesday. Oh, we will if council wins. <laughs> we will if council wins. Okay, we will. So we'll talk about that on Wednesday. We have uh, Cy Young uh, on Wednesday and then MVP Thursday. So we'll hit Cy Young and MVP uh, later this week. But otherwise, um, I think that is it. Thank you, Jake, for literally hosting me. Sure. Uh, thank you to Chris Tyler for producing this episode of Baseball Barbercast. Again, you can email us at baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Thank you, to Michelle Beadle and Cody Decker for joining us on Friday. We hope you all enjoyed. 
that segment. Really fun talking to them. Uh, but as the offseason rolls on, we get more transactions to talk about. We will obviously hop on here and react. But otherwise, we will be back on Wednesday for the next episode of Baseball Barbercast. Thank you all for listening. Serious XM Podcasts.